0: What up, world? What is going on? Welcome to another episode of the RJO Show. I am your humble host, RJ Ochoa, a staff writer for InsideTheStar.com, your home for the best Dallas Cowboys news and analysis on the web. I am also the host. Of Ocho Live, your only daily Dallas Cowboys video streaming option. You can watch on my personal Twitter, Periscope, or the Inside the Star Facebook Live feed. I have a new project coming out doing something I'm the host of called Bumpers. We'll get to that later on in the show. And obviously, the host here where we are hanging out on the RJO show. The RJO show is presented to you by Slant Sports Audibles, and we are here to talk about the NFL all the time and to do it in a good time fashion. And this fashionable experience is being partaken in not just by me, but by my good friend, R.J. O'Show alum, making his uh, stuffing or whatever we called it appearance. Jimmy Jal Sethna, what is going on, James?
1: Man, not much. I'm excited to finally be here again for
0: my seventh appearance, the stuffing appearance, if you will. That is a call back to uh, last week's episode of the RJO Show, which you should go back and listen to. We obviously encourage that. You can subscribe again if you're listening to us at RJOchoashow.com. We appreciate that. But you should go subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. Jimmy subscribes on all four, don't you, Jimmy?
1: Of course. Right? That's how you I absorb as much RJ info as I can.
0: That's uh what I um what I wanna think. I mean, and you listen to all these devices all these things on your device, your your iPhone, I imagine.
1: Yeah. I mean, I use my iPhone for everything.
0: Ryan, you listen to your iPhone, you know, when it comes to podcasts, when it comes to videos, when it comes to music. We talked about your music taste a little bit on last week's episode, and I'm willing to bet that you have some Lady Gaga in your music selection on your iPhone, don't you?
1: You could not be more wrong, actually, RJ. Could not be more wrong. I respect her as an artist. <laughs> I don't have a lot of music on my iPhone, period. I'm more of a Pandora streaming kind of guy.
0: Pandora, if you're listening. We're looking for sponsors. Yeah, just... Yeah, yeah.
1: Pandora, Spotify, whoever. Um, and, you know, I get a cut because I'm the one
0: mentioning it. So, hold up. I have a question. Obviously, you're not a Lady Gaga fan. I like me some Lady Gaga. Love Game is an interesting song of hers. Poker Face... Is a, the, the remixes of Poker Face are really the, the best versions and, um, you know, sort of uh, ways it's been done? But what would the male version of Lady Gaga be called? Like Lord Gaga, do you think? Like a lady lord and a lord? Gaga. Like a lady oh. and a lord, like in terms of titles. Lord Gaga.
1: I guess, if you want to be technical about it, but that sounds horrible. It Either sounds way, stupid. it sounds, it sounds lo- like a kid's TV show character.
0: Anyway. This is important to us, RJO Show listeners, because Lady Gaga will be the headlining performer at Super Bowl 51 in Houston, Texas, where Jimmy calls his home Jimmy. Soon enough, the 281, the 832, whatever area code you go by, will be shared by Lady Gaga down at, uh, at the house the Houston Texans playing. How does that make you feel, uh, both as a, as a Houstonian and as a fan of the NFL, fan of the Super Bowl?
1: Eh, I mean, nothing really changed for me. Uh, Super Bowl's not about the halftime show for me. It's I, about so much more. So
0: here's the thing. You know, the RJO show is, is new when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, our first episode was after the Super Bowl last year, so listeners don't really know. I have a deep passion when it comes to super bowl i'm a super bowl and nfl in general historian i i have multiple books specifically on the history of the super bowl and the halftime show is something that i take very seriously i enjoy the entire super bowl experience who jimmy maybe you don't have a favorite one because you're not as into this element of the game as i am but who of the more recent ones that you can remember What Super Bowl halftime show did you enjoy? Because there have been some good ones over the last decade.
1: Uh, Top two. Uh, Number two would probably be the Aerosmith one. Okay. I love them. Nice classic rock. That's my jam. And uh, obviously number one is the wardrobe malfunction. Yeah.
0: Also in in Houston. Houston. Yeah. 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 Also in Houston. It's
1: got everything going for
0: it. That game, that was Super Bowl 38 that the Patriots won against the Panthers. Actually, obviously, like I said, I'm a big fan of all the elements involved in the Super Bowl. That game had, in my opinion, the greatest Super Bowl national anthem of all time, which was sang, sung, sang, song, song. sung, song. sung by Queen Bee herself, Beyonce. It was phenomenal. And, uh, but either way, Lady Gaga will now take over where, uh, you know, Janet Jackson infamously did. And uh, I think, um, you know, Lady Gaga is different. She marches to the beat of a different drum. But at the end of the day, I think you can easily say, you know, you said that you respect her as an entertainer. She's an entertainer. She puts on a great show. And I think that when the Cowboys are in the locker room eating orange slices and drinking water at Super Bowl 51, Lady Gaga will put on one hell of a show during Super Bowl 51. Yeah, I mean, it can't be
1: worse than last year. Was it Coldplay last year? Coldplay was rough. It was
0: was really rough. Um, And the year before, Katy Perry not that good in my opinion. It was really theatrical, I'll give her that. Um, you know, and and let's not forget Katy Perry gave us Left Shark, which was an incredible so gift stupid, to mankind. So over hyped, so dumb. Honestly, my, one of my all-time favorites was the year before down or not down in New York, Bruno Mars Super Bowl 48. I thought Bruno featuring the Red Hot Chili Peppers was uh, was a fantastic show.
1: Yeah, I I was actually really impressed by Bruno Mars. I don't like his music at all, really, but that show was great. Great performer, do great you, artist.
0: Do you know, and we'll move on to actual NFL football right after this, but do you know that it actually costs the performer money to do the Super Bowl? Like, you have to, if you're Jimmy, you're Lady Gaga, I'm the Super Bowl committee. You have to pay me to be the yeah. headliner. It's an investment, though.
1: I, you absolutely. Know that their iTunes sales, their album sales, their concert ticket sales are all going to spike.
0: Right. I I mean, mean, I just think that's interesting. Not everybody knows that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, if my girlfriend wanted me to go see a Bruno Mars concert, I'd probably yell no, scream it at her, you know? But after seeing that halftime show, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Maybe I'd go, that kind of idea.
0: All-time favorite Bruno Bruno Mars song.
1: Oh, man. I don't even know the names. uh well, something funk something with the funk i can't remember the uptown 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 Fu- funk uptown
0: funk one. which he actually did not sing at the super bowl 48 halftime show but he did sing when he was featured last year when coldplay couldn't get it done they had to call in bruno and beyonce to help save the day and it still wasn't enough but hey maybe lady gaga will become the best we'll see
1: that music video is pretty cool too
0: the uptown funk one yeah yeah
1: I think it is. I don't know. I can't remember.
0: Whatever. Let's talk before we move into week four. It is, let's briefly give me, you know, week three. I I do apologize again to the RJO Show listeners. I had a busy week. I was on ESPN San Antonio's The Hard Line with Ari Temkin, who you heard last week on the RJO Show. I filled in for David Chancellor one of the days this week, and that really threw my schedule out of whack. So, Jimmy, real quick here. what? Give me one takeaway from week three in the NFL, and something that you know you, you closed the, the chapter that was week three and said, Man, that was that was crazy. I can't believe that happened.
1: I think one of the key things for me, at least, was seeing the Eagles dominate the Steelers. I mean, being able to 30, beat yeah, them 34 to three, 34 that's... to
0: three was just you're right. I mean, the battle there should be a cooler name like for that game, the Battle of Pennsylvania. Like, we could call it like the Office Bowl. Because that happened, the office takes place in Scranton. You know what I mean? That's,
1: that's a horrible name. That's, that's your go-to?
0: I'm actually, so, you know, obviously I'm a staff writer inside the star.com, so I spend a lot of time writing and editing things on my computer. So I like to have Netflix on in the back, and I, I actually struggle watching something new while I'm doing that because my brain gets distracted. So I watch something old that I've seen a billion times. So I've had The Office on. I've been re-watching it. Um, so it's fresh on the brain.
1: Yeah, that's that's a horrible name. Either way, the the
0: Philadelphia Eagles, who a lot of characters on The Office are fans of, Kevin Malone, Jim Halpert, obviously, uh, they're fans of the Eagles. Thirty-four to three. You're right. It was, I mean, impressive goes without saying, but it was shocking.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles faced two easy opponents early in the season, and you kind of expected them to have a little bit of a reality check. You expected Carson Wentz to kind of come down to earth a little bit. But no, he lit it up, the Eagles lit it up, and their defense, very underrated. They're for real. This team's interesting.
0: You know, our Cowboys Nation account that is associated with Inside the Star, the guy who runs it, his name is Mike, he had been talking about all offseason how Jim Schwartz, Heading to Philadelphia to be their defensive coordinator was the most underrated, sort of untalked-about move of the NFL in terms of coaching moves and things like that. And you don't think of underrated, untalked-about things when it comes to the Eagles. The Eagles are a big team nationally. But Jim Schwartz, you're right, Jimmy, has got them playing... Just, I mean, and the the Eagles already, when the year began, the Giants have been impressive. The Eagles have the best defense in the NFC East, and now they're under the tutelage of Jim Schwartz. They have by far, again, despite what the Giants have done, they do look impressive as well. They have by far the best defensive line. Fletcher Cox is scary. I mean, as a Cowboys fan, I'm terrified of Fletcher Cox. The Eagles look good, I believe, still. That the Steelers have the best offense in the NFL. Now we'll be moving to week four in a second, but Le'Veon Bell is back, and you know, to be totally fair, he didn't play that game, but to shut them down and hold them to three points, my God, it was terrifying.
1: Yeah, it was really, really surprising to me too. Um Eagles are for real. They're a playoff contender right now,
0: and I think they may be the uh favorite in the NFC East. Right now, I think through three weeks, it's hard to disagree with that. Carson Wentz had his first 300-yard game. He looks anything and everything like a franchise quarterback. Howie Roseman, I think at this point, you know, I've been saying, and spoiler alert on my surprise, that, that Mike Zimmer is Coach of the Year. I think Howie Roseman is Executive of the Year so far right now. The way he completely got the Eagles out of the mess that Chip Kelly buried them in, the way he finangled everything to get Carson Wentz in there. Carson Wentz looks incredible although i i still contest that he at all does not look like a philadelphia eagle he just looks too nice carson looks looks so nice and so just filled with joy i just can't buy that he's an eagle but man he looks so good
1: maybe by the end of the season when he's had a couple teeth knocked out and a black eye or two exactly
0: exactly but yeah
1: then he'll look like a real philly guy um yeah he's been great um just having that defense to give you the ball and just not turning the ball over. It's going to make your team be so much more successful. So right now, whatever they're cooking, I'm eating it. It's great.
0: Respect. Respect. All right. Well, you're eating that. And, you know, before we jump to week four, um, and again, I I can't apologize enough for the the schedule uh, mishap that happened this week. But you know the RJ show will have two episodes a week moving forward. We recap one week more in in longer length, but um, Jimmy doing half of it right now with his Eagles take. But what I was most impressed by, and Jimmy, you and I, we made a wager last week when it came to Coach of the Year. You took the field. And I took Mike Zimmer and Mike Zimmer went into Carolina, the hostile Carolina, thanks to some political stuff going on that we won't get into. We you know, hope everything has settled down and is OK in that neck of the woods. But he went into Carolina, the home of the reigning NFC champions, the home of the reigning most valuable player in the NFL without his quarterback, without his running back, without his left tackle and without his best defensive tackle. And he beat them 22 to 10. That was impressive. I thought by far the most impressive thing done in the NFL in week 3.
1: Yeah, the Panthers came out really flat. I mean, Cam Newton scored really early in the game uh, with that rushing touchdown, but other than that, they were just stifled in the Vikings defense.
0: Is it the best has, in the NFL right now?
1: Right now it is. I mean, they shut out Cam Newton for the most part and they beat down Aaron Rodgers back to they back. Can, extremely impressive probably the two best quarterbacks in the nfc without a doubt
0: you think about in 2015 sort of when we you know because teams sort of develop storylines sort of grow and and you see them come into who they're going to be it was not about this time. It was a little bit later in the season in 2015 when the Broncos beat the Packers at home, remember, on that Sunday night football game. And they just thrashed Aaron Rodgers around. And it was at that moment that you thought, okay, this Broncos team is going, you know, its its signature, its calling card is going to be its defense. And we saw that a little bit from the Vikings. You're right, on Sunday night football a week ago in week two. But the way they handled Cam Newton, you're right, Cam just couldn't get anything going. Kelvin Benjamin had won target and that was a week after they destroyed the 49ers granted the 49ers aren't anything special but still I mean what the Vikings did you know and and this goes back to sort of what you brought up with the Eagles and my Howie Roseman tick Howie Roseman in one swift move made the Eagles better and made the Vikings better you and I have talked about this you know we've texted uh, you know I don't know if the RJ Osha believes this but you and I are actually really good friends and uh, we've (laughs) talked we've talked about this I mean this—that move that Howie Roseman made with the Vikings, t- Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. That's sort of the the moment that spiderwebbed all this. That could have changed the NFC drastically for the next five to ten years. Well, adding on to that,
1: how often do you see a trade where it seems like both parties won? Yeah, right. Who like who? I mean, it's you, very you, rare when when the uh, when the Eagles traded Sam Bradford to the Vikings. You were kind of laughing at what the Vikings gave up to get him, and it made you question how long, how serious the Teddy Bridgewater injury is. But Sam Bradford's looked great. The yeah. Vikings have looked great. Both teams are 3-0 and and atop the NFC. So right now, no one looks stupid after this trade. If you're a fan... Going into week four of either team, you feel very good. You feel great about the decisions the organization has made.
0: Well, what's going to be really interesting is when these two teams meet in week seven. That's three weeks from now. It'll happen in Philadelphia. You're right, because right now they look like two of the top teams in the conference. We'll be here on the RJO show three weeks from now to make those picks, to talk about it, and get all into it. But Jimmy and I will be right back on the RJO show after this break, where we talk about two major storylines in the NFL this season pertaining to each of of our teams if you're a loyal listener by now you know who those are and then we'll get into week four picks and week four thoughts don't go anywhere we'll be right back after the break here on the rjo show Cowboys Nation, what is going on? We are one game away from being done with the first quarter. Of our 2016 Dallas Cowboys season. I know that sounds crazy, but it is the truth. And if you are the truth, you have been checking out inside insidethestar.com, your home for the best Dallas Cowboys news and analysis on the web to be totally and completely caught up as the first quarter has gone on. Inside the Star is your home for the best breakdowns, game recaps, bold predictions, anything and everything pertaining to the World of America's team. Myself and my fellow staff members and other writers and contributors at Inside the Star, we have you covered. At Inside the Star, we are the voices of a nation. You are that nation, and we take that very seriously. We live to serve you. Check out insidethestar.com for the best Dallas Cowboys news analysis on the web. You can follow us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at CowboysNation. You can like us on Facebook, just search for InsideTheStar, or you can follow us on Snapchat, Instagram, or Google. And let's get back to this episode of The RJO Show. Don't believe me, just watch. Welcome back to The RJO Show. It is me, Marty my friend Jimmy Sethna and Bruno Mars, bringing us back to have a, have a good time talking about the National Football League. Jimmy, you talked about in segment one how you're, you know, Bruno's mine. grown on you. How uh, how you doing with this uptown funk? Uh, this is my favorite song of his, which, <laughs> you know,
1: it's not saying too much, but I like it. It's catchy. If it's on the radio and I don't have control of the radio, I'm not going to hate
0: myself. Well, that's good. That's, that's a big step for me. That's good. I'm proud of you. The RJO Show is proud of you. Now, Jimmy, we also talked about Lady Gaga. She will be performing Super Bowl 51's halftime show in Houston. Houston is your hometown. It is your city. You rep the 281-832, and in doing so, you are as loyal of a fan there is of the Houston Texans. Now, the Houston Texans are 2 and one a week ago, as you and I record this, were coming off their first loss. It was an embarrassing loss, and uh, things were really low for the Texans, as low as they had been throughout the young 2016 season. But things got dramatically lower earlier this week. So why don't you uh, you know, have a seat on, on the RJO Show couch and, and tell us your problems. Tell us what happened, Jimmy. So on Tuesday, it came out
1: that J.J. Watt has re-injured his back.
0: And so J.J., and that— that's a that's important that's a big deal to you
1: to me <laughs> the city to the to the nfl as a whole to opposing offenses right this is huge um you know he had back surgery three months prior to the season starting they weren't sure if he was, was going to be ready to start the season he did he played a uh, week one against the bears week two against kansas city then week three against the patriots but three the games patriots game, three
0: three games in 15 days
1: Right. So and two games in five days. Right. Because the Patriots were played on Thursday night. So a lot of criticism from fans about him rushing back or the coaching staff putting him out there. So wait, you know, just
0: just just to sort of stretch this point out though, JJ Watt now on injured reserve with this injury. He's right. he's now had surgery and it is, you know, very likely that he will not play at all for the remainder of the 2016 season.
1: Right. And a lot of people at this point want that. They want him to sit out the entire year, recover his back, all other injuries. They want him to take it easy. They want him to be fully recovered. They don't want him to rush back again. Cause when he injured the back, when he uh, had, I guess slipped a disc in his back, it, the surgery he had, it was very serious high risk for re-injury you know it happened after three games and bill o'brien didn't say on wednesday whether or not it was the same disc that slipped but it's very serious i guess he kind of just needs to take his time and call it a year
0: no, and and you know, obviously, I was playing around a little bit just because of the the relationship that you and I have. We we tease each other back and forth, but this is this is bad news, you know. It's brutal, in, in and not just for Texans fans. JJ Watt is one of the top three players in the National Football League across all positions, and you do not want the stars in the NFL you know I say all the time that you want the NFL's classic teams to be good that the NFL is a better place and I think that holds true for for college football for you know the NBA when when the the dominating teams when the teams that are synonymous with that sport are good that's when the sport is at its best and the same goes for the the league or the sports best players you want to see J.J. Watt playing and it it damages the product of the NFL when he's not and um, you know I get that a lot of people want that that 2017 is sort of the goal and you know I tweeted this when it happened and I think it's true that whether right, wrong, fair, or indifferent, JJ is going to have to answer some questions about rushing back to play for week one. Because when he initially injured this three months ago, remember, it was it was very doubtful that he would be ready for the start of the season. In fact, it was very shocking that he was. And a lot of people entering week one said, is he rushing? Is he really trying? He's never missed a game in his career. That's very important to him. And I get that. But there's a little bit of wisdom that, you know, needs to be had. And maybe he did have it. Maybe he was truly healthy, but that question will come up. And it's going to be something that he's unfortunately going to have to deal with pretty much for a whole year because we're only in September.
1: It wasn't all that shocking. I mean, it was on the early end of the ex- expected return timetable, if you will. So it was within that range on the earlier side of it. But you'll never be able to tell. Like I said, this surgery initially – was very high risk, very high risk of a re-injury. So hard to say what caused what. I've heard people say it's because of his off-season, about the intense training he does with kind of unnecessary workouts, like the box jumps and things like that. And the
0: tire flips. I mean, the guy's a beast. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And, you know, I've heard some people even complain about the commercials he does because for those of you that don't know, like if you're shooting a Reebok commercial for a shoe and stuff – They're having you do these kind of odd box jumps or whatever for like 10 hours straight and just retake after retake after retake. So even that can be hard on the body. And I've heard people just ranting about all sorts of things and trying to assign blame to J.J. It's not anything you want to blame anyone for. It's just someone getting injured.
0: Well, you know, best wishes to J.J. But I think this will be interesting, honestly, for the Texans because so many You can call them improvements were made on the offensive side of the ball, and now the offense is more important. You'll get a chance and an opportunity to see just how much it can carry that team for when J.J. is back, whether that is late 2016 or 2017. You'll have a better idea, and it'll make them better, which is ultimately a good thing, but um, definitely not good news. And the bad news continued ...in the Lone Star State. You know, Jimmy, it's unfortunate. A state that, that boasts such landmarks as Whataburger and Jimmy Jal Sethna and RJ Ochoa would have so much bad news in one week. Obviously, J.J. J. Watt getting it kicked off, but to be fair... This whole bad news that I'm about to get started was started on the second play of Sunday Night Football's game between the Cowboys and the Chicago Bears. Des Bryant suffered a knee injury, and immediately everybody sort of held their breath. Said, man, you know, this doesn't look right. But Des came back, finished the game, caught a touchdown. Everybody thought everything was cool. But then Des Bryant, um, you know, was supposed to undergo an MRI. Nothing happened on Monday, and people were concerned. People thought that the lack of news could only mean that bad news was on the way. When Jerry Jones spoke with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas on Tuesday morning, Jerry said that Dez had not had an MRI to his knowledge and that he might have one later in the day. This, you know, I think was when the hysteria really began. This, you know, people say, Jimmy, that the Cowboys are a circus, that they're run wildly. Situations like this are why people say that. Whether that's true or false, this feeds that narrative and breathes life into it. And so nothing happened Tuesday, but Jason Garrett did express concern both on Monday and Tuesday, that this was an issue of concern. Finally, on Wednesday, it was announced that Des Bryant would Undergo an MRI. This was three days later in terms of the days, uh, you know, involved in this timeline. And DesBron undergoes an MRI. And during a conference call with the San Francisco media that Jason Garrett was doing, that was when it was unveiled that he that Des has a hairline fracture in his knee and that he could miss. You know, days or weeks, which to me, again, I am hashtag not a doctor, but I don't understand how those time frames can be so close together. Jason Garrett did meet with the media on Wednesday to talk about this. And on Thursday morning in his daily press conference was grilled very harshly by the Dallas media who were obviously upset by the fact that he, you know, let this news out to the San Francisco media first and in that process revealed that Des Bryant intentionally dodged the Cowboys on both Monday and Tuesday meetings that he had to attend and scheduled MRIs because Des Bryant was afraid. And we've all been there. You know, we've all dodged things in life because we have not wanted to hear bad news. We understand that. And I get where Des is coming from on that. I truly do. I think we can all put ourselves in those shoes. However, Des Bryant has to know better. He has to do better. People were upset when Des Bryant was not named a team captain. This is why. This is not a move indicative of leadership. This is a move that is indicative of a little bit of immaturity, albeit, you know, a move that we can kind of understand but it doesn't exonerate what Dez did it was damaging and Dez sold out his coach and his owner in the process and is now unlikely to play this Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers Jimmy calm me down calm the RJO show down help us
1: I can't do that right now what he did screams immaturity that's been a big question for him since he was drafted there's been a bunch of stuff that's happened on and off the field that makes you question his character and how he is as a teammate and fans will say it's he's very passionate. He's very bold. And then the critics will say he's not mature. He's not emotionally stable. Um, you know, and this is why they say stuff like that. This no, is embarrassing. You, it's bad for the team.
0: You're right. That's you know, The
1: worst part.
0: ESPN's Mark Schlereth said on Thursday that does this whole situation emasculated, the Cowboys front office and organization, I think that is a ridiculous overreaction, but it, it is not a good look, and that, that's what is at stake here. Nobody did anything wrong. Nobody did anything illegal. People want to get huffed and puffed on either side of this argument, but what Dez Bryant did is not a good look, and when you're in the NFL, when you're in the spotlight, when you're the Dallas Cowboys, looks matter. And you know this is a, not a good one, and it's unfortunate. It, it really is. I don't know that it screams immaturity. Maybe you didn't mean that in a totally negative context. It
1: screams. No, I, I did. It I, screams it to me.
0: I think it screams um, he, that he was scared. You. I mean, I, I think there's. I mean, again, it doesn't exonerate him, and and, and what he did was was wrong, but it. You know. All I'm saying is there's a difference between that type of immaturity and other types of immaturity. I mean, there's, you know, some growing up that has to happen here, which, you know, by definition is immaturity. But, I, I mean, I think that we get it. You know, there are times in sports or in entertainment or something when an athlete or somebody does something, that you just say, I don't understand what that person was thinking. I think at the very least you can, in your own mind rationalize what des was thinking but you cannot justify it is my point
1: see i think that's a good excuse it sounds nice it'll garner sympathy i think it's weak it's not him lying to his parents about his grades on his report card this is something that affected the team affected the organization affected the preparation and it to win this week
0: and it made you know this is a, a dramatic sort of hypothetical but what if hypothetically whatever Des had had wrong required five days of treatment and then he would be good to go. Hypothetically. Well, if he had done that on Monday... He would have been totally fine to play on Sunday against the San Francisco 49ers. But because that didn't happen until Wednesday, that puts him beyond the time frame. And ultimately, again, you know, I think everything's going to be okay. There's no reason, no cause to think that the Cowboys season is done or doomed or or over by any stretch of the imagination. But it was not a good week. And ultimately, the Cowboys are still 2-1 with a lot of signs of promise in terms of their rookies. But this was an unfortunate circumstance stemming from ultimately what was just a bad decision. And... And um, hopefully, you know the, it's all over with. And um, but I do think that that Jason Garrett and Jerry Jones deserve some props for taking some heat for Des because they they could have sold Des out more than they did, just the way you just did. But they didn't, and I think that um you know that that doesn't happen. I don't think if you're not Des Bryant, if you're just some if you're the fifty third guy on the roster, um I don't think that happens. But if you're Des Bryant, I think it does.
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, You know, if I'm a part of that organization, I'm not going to take that shot at Dez. I'm not going to be as vocal about what I'm really feeling because at the end of the day, he'd be a teammate. But, you know, as an objective kind of third party to everything, as a fan of the sport, it's a bad move. It's a bad look. It's kind of a stupid situation yeah, it's, it's for him to un- put himself in it's an it's unnecessary
0: stupid. problem that wouldn't have happened if you just if you just did your job
1: if he it, gets an mri on monday
0: everything's cool
1: everyone's yeah. saying man i can't believe he played with a hairline fracture yeah and, and, instead, he, and he did yeah. well
0: and instead this becomes the narrative you're yeah, right the you're narrative
1: right. could have been des is such a tough guy he wants it instead now, now it's, it's, it's Des stupid is immature. immature des yeah, yeah. and what well, you've heard before
0: The final sort of major storyline in the NFL came out on Thursday. Josh Gordon, the troubled wide receiver out of Baylor, going to the Cleveland Browns in the supplemental draft, which is a rare thing. You know Josh Gordon has had his his own personal battles with, with things off the football field, has multiple suspensions, marijuana use, and Josh Gordon missed all of the 2015 season. He had one of the most electrifying runs that we've seen in the NFL late in the 2013 season, but Josh Gordon, suspended for the first four games of 2015, was set to make his return to the Cleveland Browns, who drastically need him because their first-round pick, Corey Coleman, broke his hand, and although they have Terrell Pryor, who looks from Incredible. They were counting on that to give them some sort of offensive firepower. But Josh Gordon announcing on Thursday that he is actually going to not forego his NFL career, but he's putting it on hold temporarily, perhaps for all time, to enter a rehab facility to get himself right, to get his life on track. And I think that we all certainly applaud Josh Gordon for that. We wish him well. We. You know, we all think that life is more important than football. But in a football sense, Jimmy, I'll just ask you simply, does Josh Gordon ever play for the Cleveland Browns again?
1: So let me be clear here. As a person, I want Josh to turn his life around to, I guess, fix everything, come back, have a happy life, a good career, whatever. As a fan of football, I am sick and tired Of Josh Gordon.
0: Yeah, the story just keeps coming back and no real resolution.
1: I'm tired of hearing about him. I don't care about him anymore as a fan of football. I'm done. I'm tired of it. You know, I hate when people say that marijuana isn't addictive. It may not be physically, but mentally, clearly it is for some people. You know, some people have eating disorders.
0: You can be addicted you know. to anything. The human yeah, brain. Children, the, hum- the human, not
1: technically addictive, the... but you can be addicted to them mentally. You know. Yeah,
0: the, the human brain is fascinating.
1: And especially with football players, I know they're hurt. I know they're using marijuana sometimes as an aid to cope with the injuries. All of that stuff. I understand. But you know what the rules are. You know what's on the line if you're Josh Gordon. You've been told you've been given so many chances. How many times do we have to hear about this is the time he's coming back? He's got his life set, you know he's good he's learned his lesson. I'm tired of it. he hasn't learned anything get him well, out of let's my hold case. up I let's let's be
0: let's be clear here Josh Gordon, to our knowledge to everyone's knowledge has not broken any um you know any drug violations he hasn't tested positive or anything but this he's not checking in a
1: rehab if he hasn't that's if he doesn't know that he's going to fail a drug test i mean that's an assumption that's an assumption but But, come on let's be real here
0: on the rjo show we speak objectively and out of data and there's no data that inconclusively proves that josh gordon has failed a drug test if he if that word comes out then you know we'll have that discussion but at this point. This move is being made directly as a result of Josh's own intentions and desires. And, um, but you're right. The NFL side of things, the, Josh Gordon, the football player, uh, is a storyline that has been discussed ad nauseum. And, uh, but you're right. Ultimately, what's important is that Josh Gordon gets okay, finds happiness, finds health, and moves on with Josh Gordon, the person, and, you know, and his life. We will move on to week four of the nfl season we will make our official game picks remember you can join the rjo show ocho live weekly pick and pull compete against jimmy and i and you can hear our picks right now get yourself a competitive advantage we will be right back after this break here at the show. here it goes here it goes
1: here it goes girl.
0: What up, world? Do you know what my favorite movie of all time is? It is Back to the Future. And I believe that the future for entertainment is in streaming. That is why every day at 3 p.m. Central Time, I stream live on Ocho Live. Ocho Live, you can watch on my own personal Periscope Twitter account. Just follow me at RJOchoa Ochoa or the Inside the Star Facebook live feed Ocho Live, every day we hang out, we talk about what's going on in the world of the Dallas Cowboys, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook Live, they offer a live platform where we can essentially be in a large group chat, and I believe that this is the future of entertainment in terms of sports, in terms of movies, in terms of television, we are a part of the future, and I want you to be a part of it with me, make sure you tune in to Ocho Live every day at 3pm Central Time, also we go on at halftime and immediately after every single Dallas Cowboys game, and we go on after every thursday night sunday night and monday night football game on periscope twitter and not inside the star but the slant sports facebook live feed make sure you hang out with me i enjoyed and i appreciate all of you who tune in and hopefully this turns into something more fun as each day and each game progresses throughout the 2016 nfl season now let's get back to this episode here on the rjo show welcome back R.J. O show R.J. Ochoa here, your humble host, guiding you through this tour. Please keep all hands and feet wherever you want them. Flash photography is allowed. Do whatever you want here on the R.J. O show We are all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of NFL happiness. I am here with Jimmy Sethna, my good friend. Jimmy, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing all right, man. Been better. It's been a sad week
0: for football, for the Texans specifically. It's been tough. Well, I hate to break it to you, Jimmy, but nobody cares, because right now we are picking week four of the of the 2016 NFL season. Arsh. We Arsh. are ready. Let's move on. Let's get inspired. Let's get optimistic, and let's get full of happiness, James. Are you ready to pick week numero cuatro? I just want to be happy again. Okay, let's do it. Well, as we record this, we'll give you a peek behind the curtain here on the RJO Show, the Miami Dolphins. And the Cincinnati Bengals just played what might have been the most boring NFL game we've ever seen, if we're being totally honest. The Bengals won 22-7. Jimmy, you'll have to take my word for this. I picked the Bengals. What did you pick before this game? Yeah, I picked the
1: Bengals. I mean, yeah, this game was horrible. This is what people mean when they say Thursday night games are boring. Dolphins suck. Their offense sucks. I don't know what it is anymore. I don't know if it's the blocking. I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's Ryan Tannehill. It's all bad, it's all boring, it's all bland.
0: You know, I That's just talked I, to say. I just talked about the game on Ocho Live, which you should all be watching and hanging out with me on. And somebody said that the Dolphins are a bottom 3 team in the NFL. It's really hard to disagree with that at this point. They're 1-3. They're 1-win coming in overtime thanks to some missed field goals by the other team. The other team being who is maybe one of the other bottom three teams in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns. You think your life sucks, Jimmy, as a Texans fan. You're two and one You could be a Dolphins fan. Things could be very, very... Very much worse. By the way, if there's not a group, if we've got some Dolphins um, loyalists listening to the RJO show, if there is not a group of Dolphins fans known as the Doll Fans, you are failing as a fandom, in my opinion. I'm sure that's the name of their fan base. Whatever. It has to be. Let's pick some games, James. In London! That's my London accent. That's the worst London accent I've ever heard. Let's hear yours. Cheerio, James! I don't
1: want to do it right now, but... the indianapolis
0: coats will be taking on the jacksonville jaguars i bet you didn't know that's how the brits say jaguars james
1: no no jaguars
0: i promise you we we had dan turner here on the show a few months ago dan turner favorite british person of the rjo show and he told us that that is how english people say jaguars they say the jacksonville jaguars
1: no, that's how Dan Turner says it. Well, Trust Dan me. Turner
0: speaks for a country, and I believe him. He's our ambassador over there. We have an embassy, an R.J. show embassy in London that Dan Turner heads for us. Well, he needs to work on his English and his enunciation. Anyway, the Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars are who the London Knights have to feast their eyes on as the 2016 be- season begins for them. Jimmy, you're an AFC South savant. Who do you have in this game?
1: Easily, it's the Colts. I don't believe in the Jags. I think they've been all hype, and they've actually not even lived up to even half of that. They're going to go 0-4, give me the Colts all day.
0: I feel so bad for the Jaguars, honestly. I mean, like just from a human standpoint, because you're right, Jimmy, and you and I, we've had many a conversation about this, and I will say here on the RJO Show for your own happiness that you— seemingly were right the Jaguars were really just all hype they they haven't lived up to one modicum of that hype not even one fraction of it it's really been disappointing albeit they you know I think week one was their peak because it was hey they they barely lost to the Packers you know And, and it all just really has gone downhill from here the Colts haven't necessarily been impressive either barely scraping out a win at home last week against the Chargers but still I think that Right now, the biggest sense of hindrance on the Jaguars is Blake Bortles. And when it comes down to the quarterbacks here, Andrew Luck hasn't been his dominant self for some time, but still, he's better than Blake Bortles. Give me the Colts, James. Yeah, me too. You said that already. Yeah, cool. I'm agreeing again. All right, let's do it. Back to America. And speaking of America, the New England Patriots, who are not America's team. People think that if you argue that. You are somebody who does not like to do smart things. They, Jimmy, amazingly, are three and zero in the absence of Tom Brady. The Miami Dolphins now are one and three. The New York Jets are one and two. They are playing the Seattle Seahawks. We'll pick that game in a minute. But the Patriots are hosting the one and two Bills. So the Patriots could potentially have escaped these first four weeks four and zero with the rest of their division one and three having done all of that. Without the services of Tom Brady, you went first last time. I will go first this time. I don't care if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, J.J. Watt on his back, Des Bryant on his knee, Jimmy Giles Sethner, or R.J. Ochoa. The Patriots, with an extra amount of time to prepare, are going to squash Rex Ryan. That is what Bill Belichick does.
1: I think Rex Ryan coaches his guys up a lot this week. I think they still lose, but I think it's closer than we may expect. Give me a score then. 17-13.
0: That's embarrassing on behalf of the Jimmy Jostathman Corporation. Why? 17 points. You think the Patriots are going to score? Yeah. So you think I told that, you, I think Rex Ryan coaches his guys up so you think that, the Patriots. You think your team threw up a goose egg? against the Patriots but you think that the Bills can throw up 13 points
1: yeah I mean I think the Texans had a horrible horrible game where everything went wrong I think Rex Ryan you know he can get two field goals and a touchdown I don't think it's that ridiculous
0: well we're in lockstep so far we have both taken the Colts and the Patriots let's move on the Atlanta Falcons Coming off their Monday night football win in the Superdome in almost the ten year anniversary of the Dome coming in New Orleans. Host the Carolina Panthers. A divisional matchup. Last year, Jimmy, this was the lone game that the Panthers lost in the regular season in Atlanta. That being said, the Panthers are a very good football team. It is your turn, sir, to pick first. Who do you have here? I think I'm gonna go with the Falcons.
1: You know, I imagine my favorite and uh i think right now they're kind of a little bit of a funk they're one and two um falcons did beat them last year i think the falcons offense is really hot right now and i don't know if i can say the same about the panthers i don't know what's wrong with them but something feels off i'm going falcons
0: i'm going against you james and i don't blame me the falcons don't have that great of a defense No, it's horrible. It's horrible. horrible. So this is the game that I think Carolina sort of, you know, like when you mow the yard and you have to press that little button to like rev the engine up before you like pull the cord. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I've been mowing my yard the wrong way the entire time. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about.
0: Well, hopefully somebody out there does. And um, that is what this game is for the Panthers. This is their press-the-button game to get the the gasoline flowing, and they're just going to pull the cord and turn the engine on. I think the Panthers squash the Falcons. I know I already said squash once on this show, literally the pick before this, but I'm going to do it again. The Panthers squash the Falcons. I don't even know if my lawnmower has a button. Well, you know... We'll, we'll do this. Look, you live in Houston. We've been over that. When Lady Gaga shows up for Super Bowl 51 for the halftime show, we'll have her check out your lawn, make sure you're doing it right, and, uh, you know, all that jazz. How's that sound?
1: If I knew more of her songs, I would make some kind of pun right now, just for the record.
0: Um, I know a lot of them, and I don't think I could. But I'm wittier. I don't think so. But I hey, well, that's cool. You're wrong. I have a Twitter poll. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, let's move on. The Washington Redskins coming off their first win of the season in New York. Really impressive. They beat the New York Giants. Not as bad as that field goal kicking net beat Odell Beckham Jr. and his pride. But still, they pulled it off. It was impressive. They are hosting these Cleveland Browns who we have had fun at the expense of on this episode of the RJO Show. It is my turn to go first. And this, as I proclaimed it on today's episode of Ocho Live, is my upset of the week. I have got the Cleveland Browns. I am feeling it. Browns Nation, stand up. James? Yeah, we're
1: gonna disagree again. I'm going Redskins pretty handily. Uh, I'd probably go like 24 to 13.
0: Does Terrell Pryor at least do it again in terms of diversity? Does he still catch and run and throw? Does do we see that again?
1: Maybe, but not with much success. Not with much success. Uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna. I think now the teams know that the Browns are gonna to try to be cute with him, the game plan for it, they'll take him out.
0: If Terrell Pryor has over let's say hundred and fifty total yards, passing, rushing, receiving, what will you do? Will you tweet to, out will you tweet out an apology to Brown's nation as a result of this episode of the RJO show?
1: Sure, but the hundred and fifty yards combined has to be pretty spread out. It can't be like 130 receiving yards and, and then, 10 pass okay. yards and you know one rush for 8 yards or whatever. Like no, it's got to be legit.
0: Browns Nation, Jimmy Sethna is putting his uh, his tweet where his mouth is. So respect. Yeah. All right, let's move on. The Chicago Bears, who might be the worst team, not just in the NFL, but in the world. Host, the Detroit Lions, who I think are kind of sneaky. The Detroit Lions this year I'm not ready to write them off this season Jimmy you are up first again good sir
1: give me the Lions the Bears look horrible I don't know what's going on with them I don't know if John Fox is going to even be the coach next year Uh, everything's bad with them right now they're completely demoralized Give me anyone against the Browns or against the Bears right now, including the Browns.
0: <laughs> well, I will take the Lions as well. Do you think that the phrase bad news Bears has ever been used to describe the Chicago Bears when they've been having like a down season or something?
1: I'm sure it's used as often as Houston. We have a problem. Anytime anything goes wrong in Houston.
0: Oh, I'd, yeah. where's, where's that from? I've never heard that before.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Alright, let's move on. We both have the Lions, not the East Dillon Lions, which I was discussing with a few friends on Twitter the other day. I don't think you've seen Friday Night Lights, Jimmy, but the East Dillon days, really when that show was, um, I don't want to say unwatchable, but when you were doing it out of loyalty as opposed to, you know, passion.
1: I just watched the movie, and I will name my son Booby.
0: Well, cool enough. The Baltimore Ravens, probably the weakest 3-0 and team. I think, in the National Football League right now, host the Oakland Raiders. This game, honestly, Jimmy, all jokes aside, is one of the most fascinating ones to me. I wouldn't put it at Game of the Week status or anything, but this is sort of the show-us-who-you-are game. Because the Ravens, like I'm saying, they're kind of a shallow 3-0 and team. We don't know what to make of them right now. They're 3-0, and but, you know, you just don't feel it. You know, you don't feel like they're dominating teams. And the Raiders are 2 and one but despite being 2 and one and they could have been 3-0, and you know, if, if they had just beaten the Atlanta Falcons, they still just don't feel like they're justifying their hype in the offseason. Obviously the Jaguars are, have really plummeted as far as their hype is concerned, but the Raiders, you know, they just haven't reached yet. And maybe it's unfair through three games to say they should have reached their hype, but it just doesn't feel like they are there. So this is sort of the show us who you are game, and I believe that the Oakland Raiders are going to show us who they are, by going into Baltimore and getting an impressive win over what is an impressive 3-0 team. Jim's. Yeah,
1: this game means so much to the Raiders in terms of showing that you've taken that next step win Right, that's, a game. exactly. That's that's, yeah.
0: that's the point I was making. You know, you we haven't seen them win that game yet, you know.
1: This could be that game. Against an undefeated game on the uh, an undefeated team on the road. This is a game you have to win. I think they win, and it's a very close, very high-scoring game. Give me 38-32. to Raiders. Raiders.
0: The black and silver, respect.
1: Silver and
0: black, dude, get it right. What are you doing? Look, Jimmy, Amy Trask has been on this show. We'll refer to it however we want. The Princess of Darkness (laughs) said we can do whatever we want. The Houston Texans' sons, J.J. Watt, host, the Tennessee Titans, over a week after having their dignity stripped from them in Foxborough, Massachusetts. Jimmy, you are a loyal fan of these Houston Texans. I don't know if you know this, dude, but the Tennessee Titans used to be the Houston Oilers. So this is two Houston teams.
1: Basically. um,
0: I I will let you go first.
1: (laughs) I said last (laughs) week I kind of gave up on the team. Uh, My faith in them. Really succeeding this year is even lower without J.J. Watt. Um, with that being said, I think they destroy Tennessee, and I will say it means nothing. You can win this game 97-0, to and it means nothing.
0: Wow. Well, but
1: give me the Texans
0: I will blow out. I will take the Texans too, but I will disagree with you on the blowout. I think the Titans are a little bit more impressive than we're willing to give them credit for. I think the Titans have found... A, a slice of something in the ground game. I don't think that they're anything impressive, but I think the Titans are, are better than what we thought. That just, all I'm saying, speaks to how lowly we thought of who the Titans were.
1: And I'll throw this out there. Last year, Texans started 2-5. and five. They beat the Titans, and that's when they kind of picked things back up and really figured it out. So last year, even winning against a poor Titans team... Kind of turned around the season. I'm not seeing it really again this year, though.
0: Well, you interrupted me. Interrupt me just for your sad story. I'll take the Texans, not in a close game, but in a in a game that's a little close for a little while. But then the Texans sort of, you know, break open. The New York Jets, we referenced this game a little while ago, host the Seattle Seahawks. The last time the Seahawks, I believe, visited this building was when they won Super Bowl 48, and Bruno Mars performed at halftime. That's been the common denominator of every segment of the show today. Jimmy, the Jets got embarrassed last week. Six interceptions for Ryan Fitzpatrick, former Houston Texan. And guess what? Now he gets to play the Legion of Boom. Russell Wilson has some injury concerns going on, but Kristen Michael has been awoken as people like to say on Twitter. Give me the Seahawks. Easy.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Seahawks. Ryan Fitzpatrick, I just never believed in him. I love him as a guy. He's a fun player. He's tough. His teammates love him. But every every now and then, when it kind of matters, he's going to throw six interceptions. He's going to suck. You know, yeah, give me the Seahawks.
0: The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Host the Denver Broncos at what they refer to on Twitter as at RJ Stadium. My house. Jimmy, pick this game. Broncos, easily. I Their agree. defense is too good. I absolutely agree. Although I do think Jameis is a little bit impressive in terms of how he plays. I don't think they, they win, but I think Jameis is a little impressive in this game.
1: He is, but their defense isn't good enough. To The Tampa defense isn't good enough to really stop the Broncos or even make it close. I don't think the Bucs put up a lot of points offensively.
0: I agree. The San Diego Superchargers lost Manti Teo for the year. It's just every game I think they're going to lose somebody for the year. That's how the Chargers roll. They host the New Orleans Saints, who are 0-3 for the second consecutive year. The state of Louisiana is having a weird week in terms of football. Les Miles obviously being fired from LSU. So we'll see what happens with the Saints, how they are able to rebound I don't think that they're able to rebound because I believe the Chargers, you know, they're just a weird team that they can kind of get hot at these weird times. And if you can get hot and you're playing the Saints defense, that's a good recipe. And I think the Chargers take them down at home in San Diego.
1: Uh, I disagree here. I think the Saints win. I think their offense is way too good. And, you know, Phillip Rivers just keeps losing. Like you said, every week it's someone new. I don't think they're going to win. I don't think they're going to be competitive. Give me the Saints, you know, 28 to 14.
0: Okay, Jimmy, sidebar bet time for you. What number is higher between now and the end of the season? The number of collective wins between the Cleveland Browns and the Chicago Bears or the number of players lost for the season by the San Diego Chargers between now and the rest of the season?
1: Oh, it's definitely gonna be the number of players lost by the Chargers. Because where are so? they at right now?
0: Well, I'm talking now, so like the, the count would be at zero right now.
1: Oh starting now. Starting okay. now. Okay. Hmm. I'd have to look at the Bears and Brown schedule, <laughs> but uh I gotta assume it's close to five combined between the two of them, so yeah, just the way things are going for the Chargers, uh, gimme that. I so think the you, Chargers, so they have th- more injuries. Yeah. You
0: think that between now, and we'll say this now being week four of the NFL season, when the Chargers play the Saints, that they will, between now and the end of the season, lose more players as what qualifies as season-ending injuries. Whether it's ACLs or they break something with too much time you know, to heal before the season's over. But what qualifies as a season-ending injury at the time of injury, that that happens at a, at a larger quantity than collective wins between the Cleveland Browns and Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, and you can even count the first Browns win.
0: Wow! Jimmy Jal Sethna yeah. getting bold on the RJO show. I love it. I love it. We'll keep a tally of this as the season progresses. This was a really mean bet, if we're being totally honest. Yeah. Mean to a lot of people. It's been a mean episode. The San Francisco 49ers will host the Dallas Cowboys, Jimmy, in the afternoon hour on Sunday. This is what I believe is the greatest uniform matchup possible in, uh, in terms of the NFL. You've got Niners-Reds versus Cowboys-Whites. It's Gold versus silver blue versus red it's it's beautiful it really is and i know you don't share that that same you know passion of pageantry but you're wrong and um i'll let you go first because this is my team obviously dallas cowboys without des bryant very likely to be without tyron smith we'll see what happens with doug free they are without lyell collins and possibly without orlando scantrick but blaine gabbard is the quarterback for the 49ers james choose
1: Uh, I think the Cowboys win. I think Dak looks good another week. Uh, You know, he did have that comment saying no matter if Dez is on the field or not, he's going to go through his reads. And not having Dez isn't going to make a difference, really. I mean, obviously, Dez Bryant's a difference maker on the field. But I like the sentiment of what Dak was saying. I think he spreads the ball out quite nicely. Again, no turnovers. Give me the Cowboys. Maybe in a low-scoring game, but... I'll take them, 17-7.
0: Well, I have already said on Ocho Live this week that I have the Dallas Cowboys winning this game. I have not said my score prediction. I did say it on Cowboys cast with my friend Bobby Bell. You can go listen to that. Uh, I encourage you to. It's a great Cowboys podcast. But my score prediction, James, I agree with you. It's a little bit of a low-scoring effort. I think Dan Bailey gets back on track, missed a field goal, really weird thing. I don't know how, but that was somehow Terrence Williams' fault last week that Dan Bailey missed a field goal. Either way, I think the Cowboys win this one 23-16. They're 3-1 on the season, and I think that Garrett at that point gets a little bit of props for getting to 3-1 despite everything going on around him and the Dez hoopla that went on this week. And then they run into a little bit of, of trouble against the Bengals and Packers in back-to-back weeks, but we'll deal with that when we get there next week on the RJO Show when you make your Ocho appearance. Am I right?
1: Yeah, man. We got to do something special for the Ocho appearance.
0: Let's move on to a team that you hold in very special regard, the Los Angeles Rams. Visit their division rival arizona cardinals the cardinals shockingly last week lost to the buffalo bills i think that took both of us by surprise the rams actually are the current division leaders in the nfc west they're two and one the rams this is a true statement as we stand today have twice as many wins as the arizona cardinals the rams obviously beat the seattle seahawks in los angeles at the coliseum jimmy two weeks ago This is the kind of game that Jeff Fisher, I don't want to say the kind of game he wins, but the kind of game he gets up for. I do think it'll be competitive. And so we're about to pick it. I'll go first. I think the Cardinals still win because I don't think that Bruce Arians is the type of coach whose team goes one and three. That just doesn't make sense. Um, But I think that the Cardinals maybe win it in a last second attempt, maybe a last second field goal. I think that Jeff Fisher's Rams compete in this game, not because they're a good football team, but because that's just what Jeff Fisher does.
1: See, I'm going to take the Cardinals, but I think it's going to be a butt whooping. Like, I don't know what it is about the Rams, but I hate them so much right now. I just, they don't pass the eye test. What I'm seeing when I look at them is not what the results are. And I don't see a two-in-one team. I don't see a competitive football team that's got twice as many wins as the Cardinals. I think they come back down to earth, Cardinals win easily, uh... I don't even know if the Rams scored a touchdown this game. Well, me- you
0: you said last week that they would not score. They would continue their their touchdownless streak and they they proved you wrong.
1: Well, every once in a while I'll be wrong just okay. to make everyone else feel better about themselves. Before we it's move like
0: a- Before we move on to the primetime games, Jimmy, pretend for a moment that you're a Los Angeles Rams fan. That Ugh. means that, that means that you're Excitement is just a little bit less than right now because you're a Texans fan. You're feeling down. (laughs) But you're a Los Angeles Rams fan. How does it feel watching Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott succeed to the degree that they are with Jared Goff on the bench? And is that all at all um, softened or relaxed by the notion or the fact, I should say, that your team is two and one with one win being against the Seahawks? So it should
1: be relaxed because of where your team is right now. Uh, you got a leg up against probably the best team in the division in the Seahawks. And from what I've heard from a lot of Rams fans, they want Goff to be sitting right now because that offensive line is so bad. You're putting a lamb out to slaughter if you put Jared Goff in the starting lineup. So... But right are, now I think they're happy to sit back, watch Kate Skeenum, see what the team can do, and groom their young quarterback.
0: But, but again, if you're a Rams fan, are you at least concerned with how good that Carson and Dak have looked? And just because it makes sense that it would be difficult for Jared Goff to also be that good and literally by definition be better because if he's not better than them, then you took the wrong guy. Well, we talked about this
1: last week. You can't just judge how a quarterback's going to be the way they start, you know, the first three games of their rookie year. You've seen too many examples of guys showing up, looking great, being rookies of the year, and then becoming nobodies and being kicked out of the NFL after just a few years. So, uh, you know, you can't make that decision yet. You can't even make it after the whole year or the second year. Even you really have to see how the careers play out. And even then, Carson Wentz kind of almost unanimously was considered the number two quarterback in the draft. You can't hate yourself too, too much for that.
0: Well, if you're a Rams fan, you're hating yourself no matter what, I think. But hey and not you if get, you're two and one. You get to live not in Los Angeles You get to live in Los Angeles and that's a good thing. The final two games, the primetime games, Sunday night football, without Chris Michelle and Carrie Underwood, the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. I think this has potential to be one of the best games that we've seen so far this season. These are two AFC top dogs, two AFC powerhouses, and the teams that I picked on the RJO show a few weeks ago to be in the AFC championship game. This is the return of Le'Veon Bell. This is a chance for the Steelers to really rebound in the national eye after that embarrassment that was last week and I think that they do I don't think they blow away the Chiefs because the Chiefs are a good football team but I think the Steelers get this win and impress their fans out in Pittsburgh on Sunday night
1: yeah I'm gonna take the Steelers as well I think Le'Veon Bell has a coming out party and you know they still have D'Angelo Williams backing him up that one-two punch it's gonna be vicious And just when you think you have it figured out, Antonio Brown, he's going to be catching bombs. Give me the Steelers 28 to 17.
0: The final game of the week, Jimmy, the Minnesota Vikings back in a twice in three weeks, primetime games at home. You get a new stadium. That's what happens to you. Teams that want to be on primetime, learn that lesson. Go build a new billion dollar stadium. It's that easy. Build a billion dollar stadium and you get primetime games. Minnesota Vikings are undefeated, hosting the New York Giants. This is an interesting game. The New York Giants coming off their first loss of the season, and Odell Beckham Jr. coming off of a really bad look in terms of how he handled it. Whether you agree with that or not, I mean, he was a bit of a bad sport in that loss to the Redskins.
1: Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, that's the immaturity we've talked about with some of these receivers. Right. He exactly. looks so dumb. He it looks does. moronic.
0: And. And Odell seems to get that way when he's flustered, when he's played aggressively, when he's played physically, when kicking nets get in his way. Now, (laughs) you know, if that's the type of player you are, you do not want to be running into the Minnesota Vikings defense because they are incredible. Jimmy, you can go first here in our last game. The New York Giants on Monday night football. Visiting the Minnesota Vikings. Who wins this game?
1: I actually take the Giants. I think... You know, the lack of Adrian Peterson. I think Sam Bradford takes a step backwards. Uh, You know, the front D-line for the Giants, they're pretty good. They've played very well. They've lived up to the big contracts. So I think Sam Bradford finally starts to struggle some. Uh, He's got no run help. And I think the Giants are able to overcome that defense. Give me the Giants.
0: I think you're right that that the Giants will fluster Sam Bradford. I think this is probably the worst performance we're going to see of sam bradford in 2016 granted this will be the third but i mean at the end of the day i easily believe that the vikings are a better football team than the redskins who beat the giants in in new york And the fact that this is in Minnesota, the Giants are the ones who have to travel. Eli Manning has not played well historically against the Vikings. I think that Mike Zimmer is going to dial up some fancy stuff, and he's going to find a way to win a close game because that's what Mike Zimmer does. He finds a way to get the hard things done and impresses everybody in the process. Skull Vikings, James. Skull Vikings. See, on the
1: flip side of that, I think it's typical Giants. You show up and you play amazingly against a good squad. The Giants are known to lose the games. They're supposed to win easily. It's kind of their M.O.
0: Well, we will see what happens, and we will be back next week on the RJO Show to break it all down for you, and then we'll be back later in the week to preview Week 5. That's how we do it, Jimmy, on the RJO Show. It's a lot of fun, isn't it?
1: I'm having fun. Like I said, this is the highlight of my week and
0: makes me feel happy in sad, sad times. Well, That's what we want to do, not just for you, but for the RJO show listener. We want to bring you happiness, peace, joy, prosperity, and, uh, you know, if we can, a few laughs along the way. This has been a fun ride. Hopefully you agree with all of my picks and none of Jimmy's. And uh, hopefully you have yourself a great weekend and enjoy week four of the National Football League season. It's amazing that when this is over, some of our teams, most of our teams, unless you're an Eagles or a Packers fan, will have completed the first quarter of the season. It's amazing that it's flown by that quickly. Until next time. When we're back breaking it all down, we'll know all the answers to all these questions. We will see you. Catch me on Ocho Live. Check out InsideTheStar.com. And as always, go Cowboys. And peace out.
1: Oh, you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get out? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get out? Tell me.